When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Cardinals podcast presented to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook. Be sure to like, subscribe, leave us a five-star wherever you get your podcast. I'm Johnny Venerable. He's Paul Brock, Damian Anderson in the house on this Monday after Christmas. And gentlemen, it wasn't a black Christmas for the Cardinals, and it certainly is not a black Monday here on December 26th. But, <laughs> Bo Brock, we do have to talk about Cliff Kingsbury, the potential odds that he is going to be fired, whether it's this week, next week, or the week after. And it's only compounded by the fact that another head coach just happens to be the All-City family, Denver Broncos. Nathaniel Hackett was fired today. What are the parallels, if any, to a coach that Kingsbury just lost to eight days ago? Uh, I mean, there are a few, obviously, with the the struggles offensively and you know, obviously just kind of following the coaching carousel before January 9th, Black Monday, when we should see a couple more moves. But, you know, I mean, as far as this Arizona Cardinals team goes, you know, despite playing on primetime on Christmas Sunday night football and losing as poorly as they did with the mistakes, maybe as far as the game management goes, it continues to be secondary. But obviously that plays into it. It kind of uh, has been a microcosm of Cliff Kingsbury's career as Arizona Cardinals head coach, at least the 2022 season. But yeah, I think, you know, when we follow just the odds and, and Cliff Kingsbury has been atop of those odds for the bulk of the season to see another coach shown the door, but this podcast kind of firmly believing that this isn't going to happen until the final whistle is blown on the 2022 season. That just kind of is, is how this, this organization operates DA. Guys, I know that there's been a lot of, obviously, speculation. It's what we do. It's the nature of the job. But if we look at, obviously, Hackett, you look at Reich, and you look at Rule, the Cardinals have, haven't have operated similarly to those, you know, those organizations, right? Like, I mean, Michael's kept things close to the vest, and we've seen in years past. He's, you know, done his best to be, I would say, you know, honorable and, and make the right decisions. But I think that the writing's – one would say the writing's on the wall with the inability to develop a consistent, productive offense and the inability to develop Kyler Murray. I think those are two big things, right? But I think also the flip side, Johnny, what you're seeing with the narrative, we saw it on that Sunday night game, is injuries. You know, like that's what everyone's talking about. And we, you, we've we gone back and forth and we've talked about this is the fact that, you know, They've been hurt. They've been without key pieces and key players. However, the Cardinals have been beat by teams with, you know, we would say inferior rosters, right? So what is the argument? What's going to happen? I'm kind of 50-50 right now, guys. Uh, To be honest with you, Johnny, I'm 50-50. You sound like our guest from last Friday, ESPN's Josh Weinfuss, who with Jeremy Fowler put out that banger of an article uh, depicting really Cliff Kingsbury and the Cardinals a little bit toxic culture, but it's funny. We're talking about the odds and Cardinals update. Kingsbury has been the odds to favorite to be fired since week four and three coaches have been fired. And while that's interesting, I think we're all in the same mindset. Like it's very hard for Michael Bidwell for as many coaches as this franchise has had historically to fire coaches during the season. It's just not something that they do head coaches. That being they've, they fired Sean Cooler. They fired James Saxon. They fired Mike McCoy once upon a time. So, I think everybody would have been of the mindset, especially after the extension, the offseason. If it was going to happen, it's going to happen after the season. But this is via Kyle Odegaard at sportsbetting.ag. I apologize. We don't have a graphic. We just discovered this before the show. Cliff Kingsbury, again, the overwhelming favorite to be fired. Not, Not to be fired next, but just to be fired. 
considering, gentlemen, we have 14 days before the end of the season, minus 700. So for those of you who aren't gambling savants, you would have to put down $700 to win $100 if you believed Cliff Kingsbury was going to keep his job. You could put down, so that essentially plus 700, meaning that if you felt like 100, he was going to keep his job, you would get paid out 700. That's how steep the odds are, Bo Brock, that, that Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury is going to be employed with the Cardinals come 14 days from now. A couple others on the list, Lovey Smith plus 300, Josh McDaniels plus 500. Nobody else, you can, nobody else you can even get close to even money, and Cliff is minus 700. So, again, I know Josh, now a friend of the program, was pretty adamant. He, he, he thought there's a better chance Cliff stays than not, even with – I thought the spirited performance at home last night, and we talked about it on the post game, gentlemen. The, I, I guess, fumbled of the game management from Cliff mm-hmm. Kingsbury really led to that defeat. It wasn't the effort, but it was the. I, I thought the miscalculations that Cliff made really in the second half and in overtime. Yeah, fourth quarter. I mean, the fourth quarter when you look at it, like ten minutes, uh, they've got an issue, and then you know the the fumble, unfortunately, from Ingram on you know I think the the play call, the toss that. Cliff said that they'd been setting up, that they'd been trying to set up for, you know, a couple of plays previous to that. And they, they liked the look and it just it was a lack of execution. But I mean, when you had James Conner, who went over 100 total yards from scrimmage yesterday, rolling like he was and running like he was, you know, he, he just scored a touchdown. I think the previous drive for this Arizona Cardinals team, uh, it, it really is deflating to, to kind of see the momentum and, and the wind kind of removed from the sails of this Arizona Cardinals team as an opportunity to do what so many teams think they can do and bury Tom Brady, and they don't, and they kind of keep him alive. And what's he do? He's, he's given the Cardinals with the massive Chris Paul-like dime assist on Tom Brady adding another fourth-quarter comeback to his resume where I think, you know, I, if they played it differently, they probably would have been uh, a five-win team. And it's just it's it's brutal for this for this organization. That's just you can tell the players in the locker room and, and fans will ask, like, what's it matter? But to the players, D.A., you could probably speak to this more than I can. They want this one. They just need a dub uh, before the final whistle blows on this season. They just need it because it's been so uh, tumultuous as far as this season on and off the field. They want to do it for all the guys on IR now, 16 players on IR and, and just how poorly things have gone and they want to do it for their guys who can't play and their coaches who uh, are on the incredibly hot seat. Guys, I don't think it's ever been for lack of effort why this team is losing games. I mean, they have incredible leadership and guys like J.J. Watt, Buda Baker, offensively DeAndre Hopkins, and, you know, arguably, you know, some guys that have, have been hurt. With that being said, it's the coach's job to maximize that talent, identify opportunities, and put players in positions to win. For me, it's just watching the game yesterday. It's the fact that D Hop had what one catch for four yards. When yeah. you're playing up, when a when you're playing a, a player, you know, nearly twenty million dollars per year, the expectation that he's going to be featured, he's going to have a prime time role. And I know that we're going to get into Greg Dortch, but that shouldn't be comparative, guys, right? And I understand mm-hmm. that teams will do a good job identifying your threats and trying to eliminate that. But guy, but but DeAndre Hopkins is, is like 7-11, 24-7. He's always open, just put the ball in his vicinity. And that be maybe a combination of the quarterback play, right? Not being as accurate as other quarterbacks, but you just we saw opportunities where other teams do it, right? They just give him a, a play off the line of scrimmage, a, a quick pass where he can make something miss. You can dictate coverage by moving him around and putting him in favorable positions and not seeing guys like DeAndre Hopkins continue to be featured or or, or Kyler Murray, right? With the plethora of offensive talent that they have and the inability to be consistent, that's, for me as a fan and a former player, Johnny, you know, I, that's why I'm most frustrated, frustrated you know, for, as a former player and for the players on that team. Yeah, it is frustrating because it feels like Cliff Kingsbury, despite what that article said on ESPN, has been dealt a full deck before this season and has still not been able to get it done. So that's why I think a lot of people are so numb to the notion that the Cardinals with injuries should be given an excuse. There there are no excuses in the National Football League when you're a team looking at Bo Brock, how many losing seasons in the past five, six years? I mean, yeah. this is and this is a compounded issue with Steve Kime as well. And that's why so many people want to see this team move on fresh start. You get new people in here, new eyes on this team. And that leads us into gentlemen, the <laughs> tier rankings 
for the vacancies within the NFL. And we do, we're going to do this every week, Bo yeah. and Damien, when it comes to who's going to be available, who's going to be in the mix for, you know, the best free agent head coaching candidates. And this has been updated from last week. So producer Emma, if we could projecting vacancies in the NFL. And as you can see, gentlemen, we have added the Denver Broncos as a, as a done deal, Bo, the Denver Broncos, they're going to be in the mix. They hired some, I don't know, some old, some old guy who runs the clock, I guess, game management. He's their interim <laughs> coach, but their defensive coordinator, you see this said, now nah, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, it's going to be a no for me, dog. He gave him the old Randy Jackson. Oh. He doesn't want to be their interim. <laughs> so looking at this gentleman, gripes, concerns, or is this about how you see it? I mean, I, Carolina after that win in Detroit, you got to give it, you got to respect that because Detroit mm-hmm. was rolling. You know what I mean? And so I think, I think Wilkes is fighting, you know, his way, the Texans beating the Titans, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. There's, there's, there's fight there, right? And I think that that's what you want to see from from ownership when you could go out there and beat big, big teams. And I think that's the frustration with us with this Arizona Cardinals team. That was a winnable game yesterday. I think everyone can identify that. Falcons are just a dumpster fire. Patriots, I don't necessarily see that happen. Tampa, it depends how they finish, guys. As we talked about, it's it's all in perception. The reason why it happened in Denver is because they got their ass beat. They scored 51 points. That shit doesn't happen in the National Football League. So if you get 51 points scored on you, the likelihood that you will be looking for, you will be at home that following week, literally at your house, is a high probability. So I think with the teams that we're looking at, Dallas, I think if they continue to, to, to do well, the, the Rams coming off a Super Bowl, I don't foresee that happening. But the teams, Johnny Bo, that – maybe trend towards, you know, like take ass whoopings and get 51 points scored on them, that will be problematic for them come this offseason. I could definitely see that happening. Yeah, I mean, I, you look at it and, and probably six that you can you can honestly say. I don't, I don't know if, if Arthur Smith actually is going to be on that list, that what, what he's done with the Falcons and, and what he has to do with the what he's been kind of dealt as far as the quarterback position. I actually think Arthur Smith is probably in a pretty good spot with the Falcons, but you can say that these five teams are arguably going to be looking for uh, for the head coach and, and Cardinals are going to be in competition for the top candidates. And then, yeah, maybe throw. Yeah. And there might be another wild card in there, but um, it's usually around six, seven, eight vacancies in, in the Cardinals, according to a lot of different sources out there are in the, in the conversation for the top vacancy. They, they are atop the trash heap as far as, uh, what coaching candidates you know are looking for as far as, as, far as criteria goes, uh, but I agree with you. I mean that that Denver team quit, and I think that needs to be kind of thrown into whatever coach is looking from the outside in on that organization is why, and then you know is is the reasons for that going to be locked in on a five year contract going forward uh, with that with that team, and then you know uh, Houston they they won a game this weekend and. I still don't think that that's going to be, even with all the dysfunction, a more appealing franchise to to a coach unless there's like definite, you know, Houston ties, right. uh, you know, going up against the Arizona Cardinals. I just think the Cardinals are in a golden spot. It's crazy after everything that they've gone through. I follow numerous beat reporters, people who work for uh, media outlets for the Carolina Panthers. The general consensus, despite how they finished, they got two games left. Everybody in the building, quote, feels like they have their guy. The guys in the building don't let him go. And coincidentally, it's ex-Cardinal head coach Steve Wilkes. Like, that, barring something unforeseen, I, I, Steve Wilkes is probably going to get that job. And then you look at, and we're going to talk about how this affects the Sean Payton saga here in a little bit. But the, Hold the on, Johnny. Where, do, where, where, where is Steve Wilkes going? Hold, Steve Wilkes oh. is going to be the, the Carolina Panther head coach. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, they're, gotcha. Okay. We're winning okay. games. I mean, yeah, yeah, they could yeah. they could win the Agreed. NFC South with wins the next two weeks. So that crossed them gotcha. off. Plus, if you're looking yeah. at Sean Payton, the, the Panthers and the Saints aren't going to do a deal within their own division. Same thing no. with the Falcons. They're not going to do a deal within their own division if, if Arthur Smith gets fired. So then what do you look at? You're looking at a bunch of teams that are in the AFC, the quarterback-rich AFC, right? The ascending AFC. The Broncos have to saddle... They're saddled with Russell Wilson's contract. The Houston Texans, if they fire Lovey Smith, gentlemen, third head coach in three years. You think um, Sean Payton wants a part of that? The Indianapolis Colts, which are in complete disarray, right, that are going to be looking at an, yet another quarterback. I mean, I guess Sean Payton could consider them, but they're much more likely, I heard, to go after a Jim Harbaugh who used to play for them than Sean Payton. And then, of the, to me, the Cardinals' biggest threats for this, because they're in the running. We're going to talk about Josina Anderson's report here in a second. 
It's the teams that are winning games. The, the mm. Dallas Cowboys, with Mike McCarthy, just won their 11th game for the second consecutive season, right? They had a huge win, albeit against Gardner Minshew, and McCarthy's side of the ball, the offensive side, is humming. The, the, the LA Chargers tonight can lock up a playoff spot if they beat the lowly Indianapolis Colts. You think, um, you know, with the Patriots now, they're going to play Mike White this weekend. You think that uh, Sean Payton wants to f- follow Bill Belichick? The, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers could be completely gutted this offseason. Brady could walk away. Mm-hmm. I, I just feel like this this is almost lining up perfectly for the Arizona Cardinals if they don't fuck this up. And right. that, that brings us to our next comment here. Sean Payton watch, it, I, it's on and it's in high gear. This is from Josina Anderson. Again, we're doubling down on the report that came out a couple weeks ago in November from ESPN. Josina, for our audio listeners, obviously Sean Payton is a top dog. My understanding right now is Payton has a high affinity for the Chargers and the Cowboys. We knew about the Chargers, right? But those both those teams are headed to the playoffs, it playoffs, seems like. Yeah. With the Cardinals being in consideration, too, if jobs become available, meaning who's going who's gonna to get fired, who's not going to get fired. And when Denver calls, I expect them to listen. Everybody that we talk to in Denver, they're not going to be in on Sean Payton. So I, we can take the graphic down if we could produce it, Emma, and just like sit back for a second and just everybody, I want you to remember this moment. The Cardinals may or may not get Sean Payton, but this is the only podcast that's been telling you for upwards of eight weeks that it's a possibility. And you had, I'm sorry, local and national media all say, nah, they're, they're not interested. They wouldn't want to do that. Cliff's their guy. The Cardinals couldn't get Sean Payton. I'm going to say right now, Bo Brock, if Sean Payton has interest in the Cardinals and Michael Bidwell doesn't pursue him, they are not serious about winning and winning a Super Bowl. If there's right. even a 10% chance that he will come and lead your franchise and, and he was open to Kyler Murray and let's bring in Jeff Ireland, if you don't pursue that, then shame on you, Arizona Cardinals. You will never be about winning. You will never be serious about winning if you don't at least pursue it. Make him say no to you. If he wants to go to Dallas, if he wants to go to L.A., that's fine. At least you can sit back if you're Michael Bidwell and said, I did everything I could, guys. We just It's not in the cards. Yeah, I mean, it's a great point. I, I absolutely agree. And as far as what Michael Bidwell needs to do is between now and January 9th, put together his pitch. Be ready. It's like the old uh, little league, you know, get ready on defense, you know, what they tell you out there. Just always be ready. And Michael Bidwell needs to be ready right now for his opportunity yep. to catch the best coach that this team has, a cha- you know, can get this offseason and, and change and change. You know the directions of this sinking ship to to kind of be able to just uh, throw that slap tape on there on on, on the hole that's sinking this whole thing. Guys, you got to be able to read the tea leaves, and unfortunately, when dealing with the Steve Kahn situation, we saw the report come out, and just there shortly after he took a leave of absence, right, due to mm-hmm. due to health reasons. But there was, you know, contention between you know his visibility amongst the team, and all these reports start coming out, and then all of a sudden. You know, he he removed himself. That being said, you look at just this Josina, you know, Anderson type of, you know, report. Johnny, as you said, mm-hmm. two teams, the Chargers and the Cowboys. To me, it's showing you something. If that becomes available, and to your point, if the Cardinals are serious about developing their quarterback, you've seen what he's done with guys like Drew Brees, you know, backup quarterbacks like Jamin, Jameis Winston. He's been able to get guys to play at a high level and be, you know, get the most out of his talent. And that's been yeah. the, the attribute of Sean Payton. Yeah. And, you know, he's won, a, he's won a Super Bowl. So, I mean, you got instant credibility with that guy right there. To me, it's like how that – what that domino effect is. Obviously, as as Josina said in that, that report, that he likes the strong link to the GM. So, does yeah. that mean that Quentin Harris and Adrian Wilson – will be out of those positions or do they Unless he wants them. Unless, you got to well, give Sean what he wants, right? Unless right. He wants Fair. Fair. Right. And and it, what's a ticket for what's a ticket for Sean Bo, Johnny? Like what's that the price to get? Well, Bo, a guy you like tell Sean me what Payton? you think. And then I got a little bit of insight that I gathered before the show. As far as what it's gonna take to to get a guy like Sean Payton on board? Because is is he still under contract or yeah? You know I mean? Yeah, so look, I mean Bruce Arians, it cost the they cost the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a six round pick to get Bruce Arians, who had retired from the Arizona Cardinals. It's not going to be much. I can't imagine New Orleans okay. well. is going to sit there and, and protect <laughs> their coach. Why would they, Johnny? I mean, he, he's made it clear. I agree, that- with, I agree with that. They have minimal leverage. I reached out right. to Nick Underhill, who covers the yeah. Saints. Uh, he's got 80, 80, yeah, 80,000 followers on Twitter. I asked him in a DM, 
I'm sure he's fine with me sharing this. Like, what would it? What do the Saints expect to get? Which is different than what they will get. What do they? What are they going to ask for? He said mm-hmm. they're going to ask for a first round pick. Damn. Now, will they get a first round pick? I don't know, but I think that if you're the Chargers and the Cowboys and you're picking in the twenties, then the Cardinals, who are going to have a top five pick, that's a different conversation. But it's I that'll also be the tipping point. I think with Michael Bidwell. Now, on the flip side. If those jobs don't open up, I mean, the Cardinals are going to have a top 40 pick in the second round. Maybe that's good enough for, you know, the New Orleans they're, Saints. I'm thinking them of pursuing, or fourth. I'm thinking them, of or them pursuing Sean Payton and them courting him has to happen way before Dallas or the Chargers get knocked right out. You can't, right you can't drag your feet. You have to be very aggressive as far as this goes because those you'll have the advantage of them playing games. And sure, they can – they can go out in flames in the in the postseason. Both coaches and rosters are fully capable of that. We saw Dak go on a 14-second sprint at the end of the game last year, and it was the wild card round, divisional round, and and it was just it was brutal. It was brutal that, that how they went out, and there was there was conversation and debate on whether McCarthy should have been out for that. And there's going to be debate, you know, when they inevitably get bounced from the playoffs this year. So you have to get this done before those vacancies even open up. And, you know, I, I think you you give him the keys to the organization. And, and with that, then there's your strong ties to the GM. You let him handpick his GM, whether it's Ireland from New Orleans or not. And I'll tell you this, you know, the, the goodwill that Sean Payton has in the Big Easy, the way that he and Drew Brees turn, help turn things around with some really good Saints teams post-Katrina, if they hold him hostage, it's going to be a bad look for the organization. This isn't going to get done for – it's not going to be a first-round pick. It's not going to be a second-round pick. and It probably isn't going to be a third-round pick. It's going to get done. There's a precedent for it. If they try to play you know, this this nego- hard negotiation, they're going to look foolish, and they're going to look foolish with their best coach in the history of their, of their team. Brandon asking, Johnny, you said you don't trust the, uh, that the franchise is serious about winning unless they make this. How will we know if there's a serious pursuit – for half-hearted effort, we'll find out. Well, I mean, we're going to try to get Ian Rappaport yep. on this show on, a, on the Johnny, regular basis. We want to ask point blank, like what the Cardinals offered. And, Go and, ahead, but I want to, but 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 I want to comment on that. In in years past, right, you could hide, right? There wasn't social media. Yeah. There 100%. wasn't, and it, that, yeah, there wasn't hard knocks. There wasn't, you know, there was shared revenue, and teams didn't have to visibly right. be in touch with fans and hear a pulse of, you know, what the fans are talking about. In today's day and age, when the visibility of the owner is on television and, yep. and he's you know committed, he's saying that he's committed to the fans, there becomes that that pressure, Johnny, as we always talk about. Which is why North- it's the best time to be a fan. Agreed. Like, Agreed. Programs Agreed. and podcasts like this. Agreed. Which, you know, we're Agreed. not tooting our own horn here. But like this, and I've used this example like a hundred times. In-depth coverage. I'm gonna keep, immersive coverage. Right, I'm going to keep coverage. repeating it. When my dad followed this team in the 70s and the 80s and they were in St. Louis, the only thing you could do is you could write a letter to the editor and they could put a little blurb in the paper, right? Right And that's why (laughs) in small parts and large parts, teams like the Cardinals with shaky ownership was never Mm -hmm. held accountable. They can take big swings now in part because they're forced to. And and Michael Bidwell, let's be honest, every response, and I'm not telling people to do this, social media with the Cardinals affiliated is either fire Cliff, fire Kime, hire Sean Payton. They're not deaf to all of that. And I do think that at least two-thirds of that is, is going to go down this offseason. Not to say that everybody, you should always listen to the fan base, but you should definitely have a pulse of this fan base. That's what builds this show every day. Our rundown, our agenda is based on what you guys want to talk about. We're not creating the narrative. We collectively talk about what's important about, you know, prevalent to this Arizona Cardinal team. <laughs> but to your point, DA, and I think to the point of everybody in the chat right now, and Bo, to, to piggyback off of what you just said, The Cardinals, here's the thing. The Chargers and the Cowboys, I feel like, are in a better position to get him should they fire their head coach Mm. now today. But that's not going to happen. And if you're New Orleans, you're going to, what, negotiate against yourself? If those coaches are staying put, the asking price goes way down. If you're New Orleans, you, of course, hope that those coaches get fired so then Cardinals, Chargers, Cowboys can bid against each other. If there's no market, like this is going to get settled on its own. The Cardinals aren't going to outbid somebody because Sean Payton's like going to say, I'm not going to go to the Cardinals. I'm going to coach the Cowboys. The Cowboys job right. is open. Send me there or send me to the Chargers. Does that right. make sense what I'm saying? For sure. I mean, he's he's going to dictate where he's going. Right. I mean, New Orleans has no no leverage in this. I, I do. I, I hope there's some clips out there of news, newspaper clippings of that single white male uh, cards fan, uh, Coach Venerable, 
just voicing his displeasure in the Cardinals organization. Uh, you motherfucker, fire Don Coriel, goddammit. That's what you did. And now Hell you guys yeah. have a platform on Twitter, hopefully for more good than... Honey, do you have a stamp? <laughs> <laughs> well, that was, that was, you know, I think he was... Pony Express, his... goddammit. Pony yeah. Express. <laughs> you know, that you can gamble on newspaper clippings. You can also gamble on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. All you got to do, download the app now. Use promo code PHNX, place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets. If they do, if you uh, put your $5 bet on the um, New England Patriots, yes, or excuse me, not the New England Patriots, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you were probably sweating it out yesterday, but you locked up $150 in free bets tonight. I would recommend putting your $5 bet with DraftKings PHNX promo code on at the LA Chargers for many couple of reasons. We're we're fr- fans of Brandon Staley. We're fans of the LA Chargers, at least for the next couple of weeks into the postseason. Again, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PHNX. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game. Get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Promo code PHNX. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See those show notes for details. Does DraftKings have the odds for the long drive competition at the PHNX? They Tea should. Party? They definitely I'd, should. I'd love to see it. How, how are we ranking those? Who's who's got the longest drive? I would say the Frank PHNX Sanders. crew. Yeah, Frank Sanders, Frank Sanders can can hit a long ball. Yeah, Absolutely. Also, I think you know Saul Bookman, Shane Deef. There's some big men as well, and they they could tee it up. You should join us at the inaugural PHNX Tea Party presented by Four Peaks at Dobson Ranch Golf Course, going down January 13th, the same night that the Suns take on the T-Wolves, and we're going to have a PHNX Suns pre- and post-watch party. You can hang with us, renting out the entire driving range. Come hang with that big drive energy. The PHNX crew, fellow diehards, night of golf, food, drinks, contests, and prizes, and more. PHNX Suns crew will be hanging out, hosting that, that watch party. Four Peaks will be out there providing beer samples and swag. Check the link in the description. Reserve your spot right now for the diehards. Check the Discord for your special link. You could save up to 20% off this awesome event. You know what else is awesome? Having a top five draft pick, baby, especially if you got a new GM. PHNX Cardinals live top 10 draft board from producer extraordinaire Emma. Look at this. The best flipping draft graphic I have seen to date. Arizona Cardinals sitting four at 11. For those asking, I get this question a lot, and it's a good one because it doesn't make a damn bit of sense. The Denver Broncos, despite beating the Cardinals ass eight days ago, have a higher pick with the same record. That's based off a of strength of schedule. But the good news is Chicago Bears go to Detroit this weekend. They get a dub. Cardinals lose out. Uh, they have a much higher strength of schedule, so the Cardinals mm. would leapfrog the Bears. They would end up with a top three pick, but they are guaranteed, Bo Brock, Damon Anderson, no worse than a top four pick if they were to lose these final two games. Houston does not have a better strength of schedule, so Houston, I I think mathematically, is guaranteed to pick ahead of the Cardinals. But Denver, Chicago, I mean, Denver plays the Kansas City Chiefs and the L.A. Chargers. So think of that what you will, but I think the Cardinals' best chance, Bo, to leapfrog anybody, number one, they got to lose out. We're not rooting for losses Mm -hmm. here, but if should they lose out, Chicago Bears at Lions this weekend is a game to look at with our guy Justin Fields. Yeah, it is. And, you know, Denver having to send their pick to Seattle, that's a little, it's a tougher pill to swallow on the Seahawks, despite, you know, kind of uh, getting their rebuild kind of done on a quicker timeline this this season. That To see them ahead of the Arizona Cardinals is, is rough, but uh, I'm fine. If they stay at four, I'm, I'm completely with fine with this because we had two prospects that we talked about last week that we're all excited about. And it's Will Anderson, of course, the edge out of Alabama. And, and Jalen Carter, the defensive tackle, uh, just the disruptive game wrecker at Georgia that you'll see play in the pro football or in the college football playoff. I, I, if you can get one of those guys, and I got to imagine, you know, if, if it's Seattle or if it's Chicago, is probably going to be willing to to kind of uh, talk to some quarterback hungry teams and potentially trade out of there. So the Arizona Cardinals could have, you know, close to their pick of the litter as far as the best non-quarterback available sitting at four. I mean, they could stick and pick, or they could even they could even trade down. I think I saw the draft network said that the Arizona Cardinals are probably the team most poised to trade down for uh, a huge just package of picks. What do you guys think about that? Well, I, with Will Anderson and Carter being there in the, the definite need and the, the glaring, 
I'd say blood in the water and inconsistency of that defensive line, right? I mean, sure. we've seen J.J. Watt come on as of late. We've seen the young guy, Maja Sanders, uh, also, you know, be productive as well as, you know, the kid from San Diego State. But you need that guy that can just change a game. You you yeah. need that defensively. And granted, you, you got an early pick in the second round. I think, Johnny, you said 40th uh, overall or top, or a second Top round, 40. You know, so, like, top 40. it's going to be yeah. like 36, 37. With that, and you could get that solid center there. So I think that they need to dress, not in years past, and do the best available. Because if Carter's there, he is going to be the best available. If Will yeah. Anderson is there, they are going to be the best available. So I think it's a, a no-brainer unless they do something crazy with – you know, Houston and Chicago. I think Houston, you identify the kid from Alabama, the quarterback. Chicago is definitely not getting a quarterback. And then, you know, Denver, there's a big question mark there what they're going to do. But I think that out of the the, the choices and where they're at, uh, could Carter and I think if Carter and Anderson are gone, Bo, I agree with you. They do trade down to stock up on picks. We've got plenty of time to talk about this, but Jeff Ireland and Sean Payton in New Orleans, what did they do early and early and often when Ooh, they were in New like Orleans? It, they they traded up, so I don't get the sense. Mm. I'm just going to assume they're going to be like the, it, the battering combo here. If if they're in charge, you let them do whatever the F they want, of course. See, that's but quality research by John. They're, right they're more well, like, that's quality they research. Tra- they <laughs> traded up for Marcus Davenport. They traded up mm-hmm. with Arizona, the 20th pick overall with Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles in, what, 2014? when the Cardinals took their own Buchanan. Hell, this past year, they traded up for Chris Olave. Now, I know Jeff Ireland's part of that regime, not Sean Payton. I think it's, unless you feel like you could get a bounty and you're only going down a couple of picks, the Cardinals do right. not have enough blue-chip front seven players. Great. You are not in a position, no matter how many second and third-round picks are going to be thrown at you, to pass on a Will Anderson and a Jalen Carter if you think they are generational. And I, If you're putting them in the same class as Quinton Williams and Nick Bosa, Right, which I think is the mm. standard, the end uh, and D tackle, you know, combo. Then you you stay put. You don't you don't fucking move. I'm sorry. Like Carolina, <laughs> Las Vegas, New Orleans, Atlanta, Indy. You got like six teams behind you that are going to want a quarterback. So if yeah. they fall in love with one, let you know what? Let Seattle trade out of that. Let Chicago trade out of that. Let Arizona Lame. just sit, sit tight. Don't tell me lame. But but is it, but, it, but, it, but is it concerning Johnny that Chicago and Denver could take? Anderson and Carter, like that's a possibility. And if they do, then you pick up the phone and say, "Hey guys, let's make a deal. Give me some picks." But if one of those two studs is oh, no question, yeah, you 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 run to the podium. I'm sorry, I just because (laughs) take no time. Take no time. We're we're early in the draft process, of course. We are. It's December, and other people may emerge. So this this could sound stupid come March, April when we're at the combine. Other people could move around. But I just feel like right now there's a drop off. There are two blue chip all time college football players, defensive players that need your help. Oh, don't shake your head at me. I'm shaking. And then then everybody else is. I'm sorry. Clemson players barf. I've seen that one too many times. The ACC not interested. SEC ass kickers, please plug and play. And then you can trade. But again, I'll preface this all by saying if Sean Payton wants to trade up, down, sideways or front forward, he can do whatever the hell he wants. I don't care. I will not complain about it. That's lame. I, I I think any you should open up to all possibilities. I mean, Indy, Indy could be a player for a quarterback. They're sitting at five. You would you wouldn't have to drop you know that far down the draft board to to still get your guy. Uh, and and a, I see our guy ninety one Clay home trying to play to to Damian Anderson's uh, art here, telling us to go for Peter Skaronsky, the tackle out of Northwestern. I mean, what if you could trade down? What if it's Indy? What if it's uh, you know Detroit with the Rams pick or Carolina? I mean, you stay within the top 10 and you can you can get a package of picks and you could expedite your rebuild. I mean, that's what we've seen from even within your division with, but Bo, but with Bo, Seattle. To Johnny, but Bo, to Johnny's point, how do you do that without blue chippers? How do you mm-hmm. do that without addressing that front seven, which we know teams that can run the ball? Look within your division. Look of what it looks like. And that's the San Francisco 49ers. How the hell are you going to be able to stop that running offense with, you can't. with nobody you, you can't, can't unless unless you have will anderson or jalen carter there's no let's question. not get the fan base saying hey it's jalen carter or will anderson or bust i just don't think <laughs> that's okay. uh, I don't think i'm sorry i'm sorry when you're picking this high that is exactly what we're gonna say and we all need to root for bryce and will levis to have monster combines i think this is going to take care of itself i do believe should the cardinals lose out which is very possible again this weekend you know we'll see what happens in atlanta 
I, I think there's a really good chance that one of those two players is going to be there because we nitpick the shit out of draft prospects. People talk themselves out of scenarios. I also think the Denver Broncos, excuse me, the Seattle Seahawks now have seen the glaring weaknesses with trash Geno Smith. They have lost how many straight games. They don't want to be in another position to have to take a quarterback in the first round. They're never going to be they John Schneider, Pete Carroll probably feel like we're never going to be back in the top five. We gotta, we gotta take Will Levis. We gotta take Bryce Young. And they should take them because that's the smart thing well, to do. We're well, using my Johnny uh research. Okay. Look, do at it. Den- <laughs> yeah, look at Denver. I mean look at Seattle and what they were able to do with Russell Wilson. Now look what they that's, were able to do with look at what they were able to do with Geno Smith. Right. So these aren't like super number one, top five overall picks. And they were able to develop guys within their system. So I see Seattle. I mean, what they were, Johnny, what what were they? (laughs) Seattle was the original San Francisco 49ers. Great defense and the ability to run the ball. Right. So I see them going with it with the defender. I mean, I like what you're saying, but I just see them going with a defender. I don't know. I I, I don't know if I agree. But I, I will shame the Seattle Seahawks all offseason to take a quarterback. <laughs> Talk your, hey, slobber all over yourselves because you swept the Cardinals and Geno Smith made a faux Pro Bowl that no one gives two shits about. Like, talk yourself into that and uh, see see how you're going to end up. when 70% completion, Johnny. 70% oh, completion. Check down city. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> anything else jump out to you about this, Bo Brock, where the Cardinals are? And let's say they beat Atlanta this weekend. I know a lot of people don't want to hear that, but we need to talk about it anyway. Mm-hmm. And they they fall to five and eleven, and then they lose to San Francisco in the finale, which a lot of people think is a guarantee. Where do you think they end up? I know I'm putting you on the spot here. They win yeah. one more game. Where do they end up? No, I mean I think if they if they win a game, and if this team can't even tank correctly, and you should probably expect uh, that. Don't say you know? it. Don't say it. No. <laughs> I don't no. I mean I don't. I, don't, I don't put think that on me, Ricky Bobby. Right. I'm not trying to, but you know, I I don't think they fall, you know, outside of the top seven. I mean, that's, that's, that's fine. I mean, I think that you're going to get a guy that you can, that can be an impact maker. If you're Arizona Cardinals fan with, with, you know, Steve Kime, not going to be able to touch this draft. It seems, you know, this, you should have some optimism that, that's, you know, somebody else, the grass is going to be potentially greener on the other side of this, as far as, you know, what we're going to be able to mock to you. I'm not going to dig in immediately on, on Will Anderson and, and Jalen Carter, despite them being, you know, worthy of it as far as the caliber of prospects they are. But, you know, let's look at this. I mean, we're going to be at the senior bowl. We're going to be at the combine. We are going to look at all these prospects and we're going to give you the best pick for the Arizona Cardinals, uh, whether it's four, whether it's three, is it a high as two or is it down there by like seven? The Arizona Cardinals fans, you know, having to sludge through all this shit this season, you know, the payoff is a high draft pick and potentially a franchise changing coach. I, I think that we're going to assume one to two, maybe three quarterbacks. So let's just conservatively say two quarterbacks have a chance to go in the top 10. And if the Cardinals are picking seven, let's say they win one more game, they're picking seven and there's two that go in front of them. That's five skilled players, position players, impact players, non-quarterbacks that are going to be available. So if you have a a sound scouting department, you should be able to get a pretty good crack at the plate of just saying, I like this defensive end, this outside linebacker, this D tackle, this corner, depending on how far you, you drop, right? Maybe this offensive tackle. You ought to be able to find a good player. And it's been a while, Damian Anderson, since we've been able to say that about our Cardinals because Steve Kime, dating back to 2013 with Jonathan Cooper, coincidentally, that was the seventh overall pick, has butchered so many first-round picks. I think a lot of us are scorned by that, but hopefully, take a deep breath. We got somebody competent. We don't know who it is that's going to be making that selection in the top 10, maybe the top five, that we should feel good about it today. Guys, I, 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 if you keep you're going down to seven, that scares me a little bit. I think that they almost have to solidify <laughs> their – their pick, right? I think that they have to move up by no whatever it takes to get a guy like Will Anderson and, and, and Carter. And the reason why I'm saying this is because if we look at Bosa brothers, right? Do you remember any other defensive players in that draft class? Who, I do who, because who, jo- uh, Josh Allen for the Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> went a couple Fair. picks later, and Brian Burns went in the teens. Brian Burns plays for who? 
Carolina Panthers. Exactly. I don't know. We don't even know who he is. Me and Bo. Yes, we do. He's a fucking Me and Bo. Me and Bo. They're barely winning. But I'm saying they're barely winning games. Sauce Gardner went like 10 this year or something, didn't he? He went like three. He went like three. No, he didn't. Damien, come on. Get out of here. Sauce, the cornerback? Yeah, didn't didn't Sauce go like 10? He went third. No, he went the. Yeah, he was the first corner off the board. You're right. I'm sorry. Stop it, Johnny. No, my research is better today. Garrett Wilson went 10. They had two firsts. I forgot. Sorry. I, they're going to get a good player. Like we're, again, they're but, gonna get but, a good but, but 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 as we're talking about these blue chippers, these difference makers, guys, they could come in and produce for you and make you legitimate contenders. That's what the card. If we're not, if we're talking about getting Sean Payton, we're trying. Why would you like like be half-assed in other areas? Why wouldn't you? Right. Go, okay, we're getting Sean Air, Sean Payton, but hey, we're going to like see what happens here. No, mm-hmm. like, I if just you're going to get Sean Payton. Be aggressive in every aspect. That's how you win in the National Football you League. You beat people's good. asses. And here's the thing. I, I agree with you, Damien. You need ass kickers. You have very few. You're borderline soft in a lot of places, both on the lines of scrimmage. Here's what I will say, that New Orleans used to trade up. Why did they do that? Because they felt so confident in their scouting right. department that they could go and hit on picks on day three. Whereas I think sometimes franchises that suck feel like we need to trade down and accumulate more picks because we don't make the most of our picks. And again, that's not everybody. But like Belichick trades down all the time. He can't hit on skill players to save his life. The Saints were ultra aggressive. And they're like, shit, we'll find Andrus Pete mm. in the second round, right? We're going to go in a draft and we'll get Marshawn Lattimore in the first round. And we'll double down and get Michael Thomas in the second round. And just layering and stacking. And I know that's Mickey Loomis and he's not going anywhere. But I, the mindset, let's, let's water down our pick to get more picks. I just that's that's a losing mentality sometimes. Oh my if, god! If there if there's let's a calm kid, down. I mean, don't get me wrong. The only reason I would agree with that, Bo Johnny. Only reason I would agree with that philosophy if there's like you said, if, if it's like a hey, it's a plethora of talent. Everybody's graded a blue chipper, and you got like 15 picks of guys where you can't go wrong. Where and you know and Agreed. it's throughout Agreed. the process. There are circumstances that's yeah. There's certain, I know you know context to it, but I mean, if you can get a guy like you know, Carter or Anderson, and you have to move up and be aggressive. I think if you're doing that with the coach and you, you saw what kind of taking a backseat and let what comes to you happens with this past season, right? Like, oh, no, we're not going to be as aggressive. You know, re-sign some guys, give them a little bit of money and not address some glaring needs that we have. And we saw right now what we're dealing with is a 4-11 season. Yeah, I, I'm just I'm just not – into, you know, saying that these are the guys and if they pass on them, you know, as we sit here in December, it's going to be a fail for the Arizona Cardinals. I just think, I mean, Micah Parsons wasn't even the first defensive player off the board. It was J.C. Horn before him. And and they were, you know, that that first round, that top 10 was pretty much comprised of all offensive players. Like how far off was that draft, especially with all those quarterbacks? It's just a lot changes between now and then and a lot changes from draft season to what happens in the regular season. I and mean, we had two edge rushers that came off the board and Hutchinson, who's had a, a solid season. And then Trayvon Walker's kind of been uh, a, a missing man in Jacksonville with just three sacks so far. You know, it's you, you obviously see that as a need. You see these, these guys as instant impact makers. But then, you know, the NFL can can humble these kids, you know, is you have to ask yourself, is, is Carter a product of how dominant, you know, Georgia's roster or defensive roster is overall? I mean, he played with some ballers. And, you know, sometimes you can take advantage of playing Bandy and you can look really good. I don't doubt that Jalen Carter is good, but like saying, hey, let's put all our eggs in that basket or let's put all our eggs in Will Anderson. Like as far as edge, you know, traditionally have we seen, a, you know, a, can you name a ton of edge rushers at a Bama? I mean, they, they can produce guys on the inside, right? The interior mm-hmm. of that defensive That's line. Fair. That's fair. And, and so I, I just let's let's just kind of let's caution. I, I, I like it. I, I think if if you got a guy, I like the philosophy that the Saints and Peyton had to where it's like, okay, we've got this guy. We love him. If we need to trade up to get him, go get your guy. Your guy is your guy. If you, you should get him. It shouldn't matter, you know, what assets you're giving up to get him. So it's gonna be a fun draft season, no doubt about it. And we get the opportunity because of this lost season, started a little early and Cardinals, fourth overall right now. You got to be excited about that. Hot damn. You're excited about that. I'm excited about underdog fantasy. Listen, if you're tired of the sludge, if you're out of the playoffs like your boy, Mr. Bo Brock here, uh, underdog fantasy, year-long fantasy, we're going to stiff arm a Chandler Jones style to Mac Jones, and we're going to (laughs) talk about daily fantasy with underdog fantasy. And it's just, it's built different. Not only can you do regular season NFL, regular season NBA, we got the postseason coming up. 
that underdog fantasy will allow you and your buddies to draft up to six players in the NBA. There are no positional limits. Whomever wins on underdog fantasy for that evening will go home with the cold, hard cash. Like will Devin Booker hit the higher end points? Will Ben Simmons hit the under end points, the lower end points, I should say. It's again, up to you what you want to do. But the best part is you have a poor night, poor afternoon, poor evening, underdog fantasy. Boom, you're back the next day. Gambling, wagering, on a different matchup. It's so easy to get started. All you got to do is go to underdogfantasy.com, download the app in the show notes, sign up with promo code, you guessed it, PHNX. Underdog is going to match your first deposit, fellas, up to $100. So you put in 100 boom, you get 100 only with promo code PHNX. Underdog Fantasy, Bo, get in on the action today. Yeah, and that's going to be a, a new year, and it's going to be a new year, and you should probably find yourself a new gummy or actually bring in the new year with some gummies from OG's Brands, our favorite Arizona cannabis kitchen. They got something for everyone. You got the indica, you got the sativa, you got all the delicious flavors, all the tropical flavors. You got watermelon, raspberry, orange, orange creamsicle. If you're not going to stick around, stay up for midnight on New Year's Eve and watch the ball drop. New Year's Rock and Eve with Ryan Seacrest. I know Johnny is hanging out watching that show. That's how he's going to ring in the new year. If you want to get some shut eye, if you want to get some sleep, you can also use their sleep time gummy. Like I said, something for everyone. It's the aqua berry flavor. It's going to help put you to sleep and keep you to sleep. Check out their full range of incredible products right now. OGsbrands.com. That's O-G-E-E-Z brands.com. And also follow them on Instagram. You can find them at your local uh, dispensary as well. you got to be 21 <laughs> years or older. Johnny, uh, you were talking you know, about. You know what hurts about the Rocket New Year's Eve comment, by the way, is I probably will watch that. But not because I want to, because I live in Mara fucking Copa and I'm going to watch my kids so my wife and I can go out. I don't trust any of these local loonies to watch my children. Mm. So, yeah, I'll probably watch that. Shut the hell up. Go ahead. <laughs> Fair enough. But when you were talking uh, before, I mean, it, talk about built different. Buda Baker, his season ended today, according to Ian Rappaport, Cardinal safety, five-time pro bowler. Uh, after this season, leads the Cardinals in tackles, fractured his shoulder DA at some point in yesterday's game, played every single snap, including overtime, 81 snaps, at some point had a fractured shoulder. Uh, any concern with a guy who plays such a physical position, the safety position, with a fractured shoulder going forward? You're uh, muted, DA. Speaking from a from a guy, three post shoulder surgeries later, uh, I mean they do amazing things, right? Uh, especially with science and technology at, at where they're at right now. And I think that what scared me most, Bo, speaking to you know just his uh, reckless abandon, that being Buda Baker, just to go in there and make hits and flying around in that that NFC divisional game last year that we saw with him on Cam Akers when Cam Akers put him to sleep. I thought right then and there that that Buddha should have just said, Hey, it's been real NFL. <laughs> and he's went on to have a, yeah, exactly. But he's went on to have another pro bowl year. So I respect the yeah. shit out of him. And with science and technology, I believe that he'll be okay. And I mean, we've seen throughout hard knocks and, and all the video clips that we see of Buddha. He's a guy that lives it, believes it and wants to be on that football field. So I don't think nothing like this is going to, you know, uh, keep him off the football field. I think he'll definitely be back for 2023. He's a warrior. He's your biggest ambassador with this franchise right now. He is the cornerstone player and the blueprint for what you want a Cardinal to be. And it's a cliche, football player to be. Right. Yeah. It's cliche. Everybody hears it every week on Hard Knocks, but it rings true. If you had 53 Buda Bakers, you'd be Super Bowl champions. You do not, and you need to find more players that emulate what makes Buda so great. He's not the biggest or the strongest or the fastest guy. He is an ass kicker and a football player above everything else. And you should shit, man. You want to get Buda and Baker involved with some of the it, when he's rehabbing, he's at the facility, you get him involved with some of these scouting prospects put on the tape. I'd be OK with that shit. You, you that that's somebody right now. He, he mirrors kind of what made Adrian Wilson great. So, but, but Johnny, if you, if you think about it, Quentin Harrison and, and Adrian Wilson, I mean, I think that they got an eye for safety. Jalen Thompson yeah. and Buda Probably Baker, they're, doing like, they're okay right there. Is this guy soft at, you know, offensive right, right. guard? If this, is this guy soft right at on. defensive tackle? Like, yeah, as Jose says in the chat, no fear. Uh, and prayers up to Buda, hopefully a quick recovery. I, I'm not even going to ask if he's going to be ready for next season because you know he's going to be. You know he's going to be yeah. back and ready to kick ass for this franchise. He is always trending up when we do trending up and trending down this mm -hmm. week. Right after a tough loss against Tampa Bay, who's trending up for the Arizona Cardinals? Gentlemen, 
It's Marco Wilson with two INTs against the GOAT, Tom Brady. Marco, everybody wants to pour on Marco Wilson. He was a fourth-round pick, but you see the athleticism out of Florida. Why I think he's a building block for this team. Speaking of building blocks, Greg Dorch, man, oh, man. If Cliff Kingsbury could have a mulligan for this season, I'm sure he'd redo a lot of things, but his mismanagement of Greg Dorch when it comes to Robbie Anderson and A.J. Green taking snaps over number 83 – we talk about Buda Baker being the epitome of a football player. I'm starting to think the same thing about old Gregory Dorch going for 120 all-purpose on Sunday Night Football. And I believe trending up, we talked about it earlier, Bo, the Cards coaching gig in comparison to some of these other jobs that are going to be open. These are all positive developments. You look at all three of those things. The two players are young. I believe they're going to be under contract next year, assuming you get Gorch re-signed. And then, you know, Sean Payton, Cardinals coaching gig, gaining momentum every day. Yeah, it is. It absolutely is. I mean, Dorch can play a little slot, and, and Peyton loves a, a wide receiver that can play the slot. Remember peak Mike Thomas uh, when he when he was healthy and, and playing football for the Saints? It was at a high level for a guy like Sean Payton. Man, how many receivers did Sean Payton develop during his tenure? Remember, like, Marcus Colston, a guy that played – didn't he play, like, Hofstra or something Seventh like that? Seventh-round pick. Came out and just balled for the Saints. You Jimmy just had – Graham was undrafted. Yeah, he was a basketball player at the U, and, and and Sean Payton just has the magic touch with all these these guys who have all this like unique athleticism, right? I mean, Colston and and, and Graham were were two of those guys, big, physical, pretty good speed, probably faster than you anticipated. And, and Sean Payton was able to harness that. Then you look at Dorch and Cliff. He's talked about it twice. There was a question last night at the press conference after the game. You know what? What does Dorch have to do? Like, why why has he been used sparingly? So often, you know, before catching 10 of his 11 targets for 98 yards and going 100 yards in all-purpose yards, uh, you know, or scrimmage yards, you know, running and, and catching passes, you know, why why did he only play 10 offensive snaps the previous games? And, and Cliff just said it was the part of the process. And then Tyler Drake, a great reporter for Arizona Sports, asked today, like, can you can you be more specific? And he's Your just like, sucked. he just has to, He Cliff just said he has to do more of what he did yesterday well, it's just like, well, there's a catch twenty-two there. You just you didn't play him. You didn't play him offensive snaps. He just he was primarily your kick returner and punt returner. How could he he could if he can't get on the field, how are you gonna know otherwise if he's playing six and four snaps respectively? So it's a little bit of flawed answer from from Kingsbury. And it's like you said, I mean, from a guy who from OTAs to now being one of the, the few bright spots along with Buda Baker. Greg Dortch has absolutely been that, and, and it's it is unfortunate he couldn't get on the field because every time he did, and every time his number was called, he would get some decent volume targets, and he'd seem like to catch every single one of them. Guys, you, you got to love Greg Dortch. He averaged nearly ten yards per touch yesterday, and I mean yeah. he's been making plays all throughout the season. However, does that has that translated to wins? So I think that that's one thing that the coaches look at in terms of are we winning football games with this lineup. Uh, I would say, two. you also look at the, have to look at the finances, the economic impact, right? You got second-round draft picks. You got guys all over the roster that they've owed this money. Hey, we're going to see if this shit works. You pay $200,000 for a Lambo, you're going to see if that motherfucker drive fast. Like, that's just the reality of the world that we live in, right? You want to see how fast can this thing go. And you, we could all identify that the ship went kind of left or the car didn't work early on in this season, and you should have gave Greg Dorch. I think that that's one of the regrets that this coaching staff may have is not finding opportunities to get Greg Dorch the ball. But I say with that, how would this have been different if Greg Dor- or if DeAndre Hopkins would have been in some of those situations that Greg Dorch mm. was in yesterday? And I think yeah. that as a coach, that's what you need to do. If you got a player that you're committed to, he's – you know, been a perennial all pro. He's a guy that changes the game every time he gets the ball and you don't, he has one catch for four yards to me that that's, that that's struggling, you know, as a coach. And I think that that's why we're talking about guys like Sean Payton trending up with the potential opportunity here with the Arizona Cardinals, because it makes a lot of sense. It's ironic, but we've, we've talked about it at nauseum. Cliff Kingsbury can't elevate players. Then he gets one, you know, thrown into his lap here that's poised to explode and have big production for him. And he sits him, he benches him um, and, and he can't elevate anybody else. That, that to me is a huge indictment on Cliff Kingsbury. 91 Clay Comb asked a question. I want to get back to, I don't want to ignore this one question, Johnny, why all the Rondell hate, but not the same for Byron Murphy. Both have injury issues, but Rondell seems to get dragged through the mud. Personally want to retain both players. I, I would say Rondell has been significantly more 
injured and missed more time than, than Byron Murphy. Um, let me help you out on this, Johnny. What's that? <laughs> when Byron Murphy plays, he plays at a high level and he's been consistent. When Rondell, it's been spa- it's been sparingly. I think yeah. that's the major argument. When you got a guy like one Byron is, Murphy, he small. shows up when he's out, out in the football field. And, and and he's done some things. You know, he, he's done some things good, but it hasn't been consistent. It came on late, and I think the fact that the injury bug has happened, you know, and you say now you talk about that same thing with Byron because, you know, you, you wonder if you could count on a guy. And I think that's, you know, that's where hey, it's I, at. I'm critical of Byron Murphy right now. I wish he, he, wish he was playing. I'm going to go through his year-to-year. His rookie year, he started 16 games. Then uh, year two, he played 15. Then last year, he played 16. He played through injury last year. He wasn't good yeah. at the end of the year, but he played through injury. This is the first year he's missed significant time. Plus, I would argue that Vince Joseph, stop me if you heard this before, botched his development, didn't play him enough year two. Uh, they played him a lot out of year one in necessity in 2019. Wouldn't let him build off of that. Greg, uh, Greg Dorch, Rondell Moore has been hurt since 2018 at Purdue. That was his last, he- last healthy season. Plus. Here's what really hurts is Rondell Moore is the king of and through no fault of his own practicing and taking one number one reps all week with the first team offense and then getting hurt either the Friday, Saturday or during the game right away. And then that just throws the offense into discombobulation. Whereas Byron Murphy, like he misses time, he misses time, he comes back, he plays. So I, I agree. Like neither is ideal now, especially Byron, who was the 33rd overall pick. That's basically a first round pick. But to Damien's point, and Bo, I'll let you chime in what you think. I just feel like Byron is be- is a better NFL player right now than Rondell Moore. Right. I, I don't think there were any true red flags as far as how he was evaluated. I don't think you put this on, on Ron- Rondell at all. I mean, it, it's more, you know, hurt players stay hurt. And unfortunately, yep. he spends too much time in the training room than on the playing field. And that's... It's both. I'm not putting it on either one of those players, but I, I think that there's just more an established history and track record for Byron Murphy outside of this season of being available for the Arizona Cardinals and and being able to make an impact. And and I hope he, that the Cardinals consider that when they go to negotiate, hopefully an extension with him this off season. Same thing goes for Zach Allen. I mean, Zach Allen is somebody that you can. I don't think criticize is the right word, but you know you can. You want him to be more available than, than he's been. Uh, but uh, I saw Arizona Animal ask about where's Rodney. And actually, Cliff was asked about Rodney Hudson. He's still keeping the door open on Rodney Hudson. You know, he, he said not this week, but uh, potentially the, the finale. They're really going to oh, are they going to awesome. have, have Rodney Hudson ride off into the sunset in his final in, in the season finale against the San Francisco. Rodney I don't think just so. in time to have a high snap over Trace McSorley's head while <laughs> McSorley is put into a grave by Nick Bosa. <laughs> My God, can we just stop? We stop with these older players that are that are hurt and they're staying hurt. Let's talk about who's <laughs> trending down for the Arizona Cardinals. Not we haven't even many... gotten to that. No, we got <laughs> trending down. How about Cards quarterback play? And I'm not dogging on Trace McSorley. Here's what I will say for all the K1 haters, and there's a lot right now. You know how many touchdown passes the Cardinals have since old Kyler Murray tore his ACL and he's missed three games? How about zero? None. They haven't thrown one mother effing touchdown pass since Kyler Murray went down in three games, two of which against teams that are ass. And I don't think the Patriots are any good either. So you can make an argument against teams that are well under 500. The cards can't throw touchdowns with Cliff Kingsbury, despite Rondell Moore, or excuse me, Greg Dorch and Hollywood Brown, and Trey McBride and DeAndre Hopkins. They can't play quarterback right and now. And throwing that and, bitch 45 times, Johnny. Well, here's the problem. Damian Anderson, they got James Conner, 5.3 yards per carry. Oh, just 15 carries. No, we're going to have Trace McSorley throw it 45 times. Just a joke. Speaking of a joke, Cliff's in-games management, perfect segue, DA, because it was <laughs> terrible yesterday. And I, I, we're going to talk to DA about this because he's got a good relationship with Keontae Ingram. I think Keontae Ingram's a really good football player. I think he was set up for failure yesterday because I think if you hand Keontae Ingram that ball down the middle where James Conner was having success, he picks up that first down. Why Cliff Kingsbury opted to pitch it out to Keontae when they hadn't been doing that all game. Plus, that, that play was snuffed out. Regardless if Keontae had fumbled there, they were going to have to punt anyway. And then, speaking of which, the Cardinals have one home victory in their last 12 tries. They're 1-11 in their last 12 home games. If you include Mexico City this year, they are, I'm sorry, 1-8 in 2022 with their home games. I'm concluding Mexico City because they gave up that home game. They thought they were going to have a home field advantage in Mexico City. No, you did not. So that that's what's trending down, gentlemen. And um, 
uh, stop me if you've heard this before. It's it's Cliff, it's the home crowd, and it's everybody but Kyler Murray at quarterback. Yeah, guys, I mean, I, I agree. With Keontae, you guys know that I have affinity for him. I just think that you have to maximize your opportunities. I, I mean, and that's what it is. That's the National Football League. You're the backup. Hey, they're not going to be expecting this, Johnny. That's trying to be too what we call too cute in some situations. Right. Where, like, you know, that you're trying to be too cute. Keontae should have been ready. You know, his number was called, and he's got to make a play. Unfortunately, that didn't happen, and that's why the coaches at the end of the year, they're going to be evaluating hard because you want to – make the most out of those situations. Should you have, you know, just handed it up the middle and, and or punted? Absolutely. Especially when it, the outcome is a, is a turnover, but, and you got to play, you know, well at home, you, you got to keep the fans entertained or they won't show up. And I think that having, you know, some additions that we, we talked about, whether it be a, a new head coach um, can, can help that, you know, inspire people to come, to come and watch. But those that did attend the game yesterday, they got a good one. You know what I mean? To see the goat out there and to see the Cardinals competitive, um, but I don't, Bo, I don't think that that's enough. I, I think that with the roster that this team has, uh, with the pieces that they have, I think that as a Cardinals fan, everyone expects more. Yeah. I mean, and especially with the, the, the victory being right within their grasp and to kind of go back on the, on the quarterback play with that's been poor, uh, offensive line play. And a lot of people criticize Kyler Murray for hanging onto the football, but since Kyler Murray has been out of lineup, I mean, his last full start week 12 against the chargers, he was sacked once and he had one quarterback hit. He was getting the ball out. He was playing uh, very well within the offense. And then after that, you know, week 14, 15 and 16 Cardinals quarterbacks, McCoy and Trace McSorley have been sacked 10 times and have been hit 20 times. So, you know, I know they, they like to get the ball out, but at the same time, you know, are, are they are they also putting themselves uh, under kind of too much pressure uh, by trying to make plays? So, Bo, Johnny, let me throw this back at you guys real quick. I mean, with that, to, to your point, Bo, is more of the concern offensive line, you know, where the defense, the games can be competitive, right? And if the offense can have time, the quarterbacks can have time to uh, deliver the ball. You know what I mean? You see where I'm going with this? Like, I think it's – I think it's the offensive calling. line – because I, I saw okay. James Conner go for 5.3 yards per carry against Todd Bowles' defense, and I know the offensive line's been bad, but I thought they were pretty good last night. They gave up one sack, and it was that it was that strip sack that, that was a turnover. But, I, I mean, with Will Hernandez and Billy Price and, you know, I don't even know who's starting at left guard right now, Bo Brock. Is it Max Garcia? Is and you're not that concerned if you're Cody seeing that. Ford. I, I, think, I think next year – no, I just don't want to see Trace McSorry throw the ball more than 25 times, not 45. I think I want James Conner. You gave him a big contract. What are you, saving him for next year? Pound, pound him up the middle. Go until it doesn't work anymore, especially when you have a lead. You can bleed clock in the fourth quarter. Boy, I think you pointed out on the postgame show yesterday. They have 16 to 6 in the mm -hmm. fourth quarter, like well into the fourth quarter. And you're letting Trace McSorley throw on second and third down to stop the clock because he's grossly inaccurate. That's not his fault. He shouldn't be put in that position. That's on the head coach. I'm sorry. Like, but we said, but guys, you, you make you make these excuses and, and San Francisco got a the, their third quarterback who's slinging it. Right now. Well, he's not throwing a forty-five. Uh, they their run game is the. I mean, best. Yeah, granted, the I, team is better. I we understand that there's context. Yeah, but everything. you know what? Here's why I will say, Da. They don't have an All Pro center. They they didn't. Have, Alex Mack retired on them, and they're making it work. I couldn't even tell you who plays center for them. They took Aaron Banks in the second round last year. He was a borderline bust. They're making it work for him. The Cardinals, I think, are set up well with tackles moving forward. I think with. DJ Humphreys, what we've seen from Josh Jones, they're set. Now, do you need to retool your interior bow in this offseason? I absolutely, but I I don't, it's not anything near what it was in 2013 and 2018. I again, you I think somebody like Sean Cooler would look at that and say, I can work with that. Just plug and play. I got some guys right now that can play at a high level. Humphreys has got to get healthy, but yeah, I mean, you you need to find you need to find a center. Yeah, you, you need a starting caliber center and probably. Uh, yeah, I mean, but you have to emphasize we said that it. last year, we said right? That. Yeah, for sure. That, yeah. That's that's something that's that's going to be nice to see this off season, where I think needs that are are obvious to to the, even the most casual fans uh, will be probably filled with with uh, a change at either GM and, and or coach. Absolutely, I want to remind everybody again: can't get any more tickets on the Game Time app for Arizona Cardinal home games because they are done playing home games mercifully this year. But you want to get tickets, Coyotes, Suns, and full effect teams that, you know, have been known to do some winning at their home stadiums. You can get them right now on the game time app. And here's the thing. 
if you're thinking to yourself, eh, I, you know, I just I'm tight on cash after Christmas this year. You can save up to 60% on tickets when you buy them last minute on the Game Time app. It's the best way to support us. All you got to use is the ticket link in the description right now. Save up to 60%. You want to see the Suns take on the best that the West has to offer. Do it with our friends on the Game Time app. And you hell, you start scouting out Cardinals tickets for 2023, depending on who might be coaching that team, Bo. They could be a hot commodity that you want to use and use with Game Time. No doubt about it. It's been a banger of a Monday show. I hope everybody had a great Christmas, despite the results as far as the game. I guess you can kind of argue that the results are what everybody wanted as the Cardinals now have that fourth pick or hold on to the fourth pick, overall pick. We've got great work from our friend over Howard Balzer over at gophnx.com. you got to check it out. Uh, you're looking for some new gear going into the new year. Check out phnxlocker.com as well. All that there for you. And also sign up to become a diehard. You can save on great events like our PHNX Tea Party or other upcoming events that you're not going to want to miss out on. You can save some coin while doing it by becoming PHNX Diehard, Johnny. I want to remind everybody we got two weeks ahead of Black Monday. And again, we're going to be strapped in. For everything breaking news regarding this team, this franchise with the Arizona Cardinals. So keep it locked in. Keep it subscribed to PHNX Cardinals wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to PHNX Sports on YouTube. We're back tomorrow with an audio-only pod, the doubleheader on Wednesday because, hell, we got some hard knocks to talk about. For Damian Anderson, I'm Bo Brock as he attempts to get his phone on the screen. Uh, he's Bo Brock. I'm Johnny Venerable. We'll talk to you tomorrow.